Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the special emergency podcast of the Men in Red 97. I am joined by Tim, Alex, as well as DJ. Uh, we're going to go very quickly through these topics uh, so we don't take up too much of your time, but I'm definitely sure you would like to hear. Yesterday, uh, we woke up to essentially a leaked jersey of next season's home jersey, the return to red, courtesy of footy headline. Said wasn't. Apparently, a fan made it and you know it is really nice and um we were like okay you know this footy headlines usually is very reliable when it comes to kit leaks and everything like that so we were like okay that's pretty cool uh the fire did respond they made a statement saying we can confirm that we will be returning to red for the 2024 mls season while this design is keep trying you're not quite there we'd like to cold place fix you when you try your best but you don't succeed even says to read it like that. And of course, Alan did. That is it's so much credit to you, Alan, for actually doing it. Thank you. To keep admin entertained, please your kit designs using a hashtag CF97. But, you know, it's it's all fun and games. It was the most fun that I think a lot of people have had on the like the CF97 hashtag in a while. And uh, I'm all for it. Like, seriously, like well played by the, the fire social media team. Um, it was a lot of fun. It brought out people making some like cool looking kits, um, some kits that I think are, are kind of crazy. Uh, some that I think Guy Fieri would be glad to wear. So uh, definitely check it out. Um, just, you know, because it's fun. The second topic we have to talk about, it's kind of a two-parter. Uh, we do have an official signing that came in uh, just recently. Chase Gasper, uh, we got the trade from Houston for a 2026 third-round pick. So, I mean, I've seen some negativity around the arrival of Gasper because the last three, four years have been really, really bad for him since he left Minnesota. So on the surface, it doesn't look like the most interesting, but when you actually look at the deal, this is a fantastic arrangement for the Fire. The Fire did not have a backup left back. Andrew Gutman is the starter. There's no backup. They needed a backup. That was a roster need. They found Chase Gasper, who he's on a salary of $400,000. However, the Fire are only paying a small portion of that, and none of it counts toward the salary cap for his first two years. He's only on a two-year deal anyway. So it's essentially the fire got a player for free for all intensive purposes and are paying him nothing. So this is a transfer that for salary cap purposes is costing the fire absolutely nada. And they're getting left back depth. They need look, it's been a rough couple of years for chase, but this is a guy who in 2020 got a USMNT cap. He was very good for Minnesota United in his first couple of seasons. So for me, very good deal. Perfect deal for a backup left back. Not someone who's going to set the world alight, but when Andrew Gutman is your starter, you don't really need someone in that position who's going to go crazy. You need to just be there for the backup. You don't need to be winning every battle. You just need him there when you need him. And keep in mind, last year, the Fire were using U22 spot on a backup left back. So this is an upgrade there. He is no downside, all upside for the Fire. And he does have a significant upside. Like He was considered a, a top-level MLS prospect Um you know, and, and was playing at that level before some personal off-the-pitch issues caught up with him. And it looks like he needs to put that in his pass. And like maybe this is the move that's going to enable him to finally do that definitively. So I think that's it just it could be a win-win for everyone involved. Hey, man, I say to that. If you guys want to read up a bit more about this transfer, you guys can read up Alice's article on meninredindies.com. Uh, I think it's now time to move to the big meet. The reason why we're really calling this emergency meeting, uh, it was 
reported by Tom Boger himself. We got a Tom bomb this morning. I was in class. And also, I'm just going to, I'm not going to interrupt you for anything else, but like this is important. Alex Taylor Brisley had the story more or less simultaneously with uh, Tom Bogert. That's the second time this has happened this offseason. And uh, so for being, you know, neck and neck, he's, it's like he's the guy that, like the person with the silver medal that gets completely erased from the podium for some reason. And I'm not sure why we're doing that. So I'm correcting that right now. As read by Tom Poger and, and Alex, we got some bombs this morning. I was in class and all of a sudden my phone was blowing up and everything fire closing in. I'm signing Ugo Kuypers from Ghent in the Belgian pro league for a reported $12 million plus 2 million in ads, which make it the third biggest incoming deal in MLS history. Uh, Alex, your reporting has confirmed the fire are close. Kuypers is about 26 years old. He's going to be 27 in a week. Uh, the first non-dual national Belgian to ever sign for the fire. Uh, DJ, that was a, a piece of history you, you added to the outline. So thank you for that. Wow. 34 goals across all competitions last year for Ghent. He was in top 10 scorers in the entire world last year. Memania Nikolic vibes. Hopefully. But from a better league. From a much better league. Yeah, that's the thing. Like this is the league, this is like a league that the top five leagues routinely get like top, top prospects from. Like this is the league that is just outside of the top echelon of global soccer. I mean, look, it's worth mentioning Borussia Minchin Gladbach were looking at this guy a couple months ago. That that's that's not nothing. And there have been other teams too in the past that have been connected with him from top five leagues. So like it's it like it really is a top tier prospect. And I mean Whatever the fire have to pay to get him here just seems like it's worth it for a guy with this much upside. He has been in a drought for the le- this season, but still. Well, one of the things about like scoring droughts is when, with, like, when you look, if the fundamental numbers underneath him are good, like strikers end up getting worth. You know, like they end up making good, right? Like you can overconvert some years and underconvert other years, but like the as long as the the technical aspects of your game are still there. And it's not like, you know, there have been injury issues or something like that that changes how you're playing. I mean, like the the numbers are there like throughout multiple leagues over like, you know, a decade and a half of like good statistical analysis on this. Eventually you come good if you just are are sticking to being the same kind of player and your game is still working for the for the league that you're in. And it looks like his his game hasn't changed. And so there's no reason to think that, you know, if he was sticking around in Belgium for the rest of the season, he wouldn't have another an uptick and like basically get back and, and start bagging goals again. Because we mentioned it's all but a done deal. Could you like tell us, you know, what's the process? What still needs to happen? Yeah, so this is a big transfer. This is a player who, when you're talking about a 10 million plus player, there are a lot of details that go into it, especially internationally. So this is going to need international clearance. This is going to need a visa for him. It's not done deal yet. It's close, but it's not done. I think the fire in an ideal world wouldn't be seeing this reported right now because it's actually not a done deal yet. But here we are. Um, so we'll see what it, it should be done in the next couple of days. But it's not done yet. Do they feel like? Do they feel like Hugo like is close with personal terms? Do you do you have that information or? From my understanding, it's mostly agreed. It's just not done, signed, and when. You're talking about a deal that's up to $14 million. There are more complications that could come up. I mean, look, Duncan McGuire was on an airplane to England this afternoon to sign his contract with Blackburn. And 
that deal's off. He's done. He's in the air. He's on the way to England, and that deal's not happening right now. He's literally, as we are recording this, above the Atlantic Ocean, and that deal's not happening. So things can happen. Don't get me wrong. There are complications that can crop up, so it's not a done deal yet. And, and the, things can take a while to get to that dumb done deal part right like right. That's, like with Shakiri, right like there were rumors about Shakiri, and it was sort of like it felt like everyone that was around like fire social media felt like the deal was happening but it was literally weeks before that actually was announced right so pretty much the fire are in no urgent rush to get this done because the mls season doesn't start for another seven weeks Oh, not sorry. Seven weeks, three weeks at this point. I don't know where. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Where, we, no, sorry, man. Weeks. I want to be in. I want to be in your time machine. I don't know what happened there. Uh, three weeks, excuse me. And the MLS transfer window is open until April, whereas other leagues. So if it's an outgoing transfer from MLS, they need to get that done soon. This they got some time. So if it's done February fifth, doesn't matter. If it's done February second, doesn't matter. So it should be done in the next couple of days. But it's not a done deal yet. Things can happen. When there's so much money and paperwork involved, it takes time. And he needs to get a work permit. He needs to get a visa. That doesn't. That process doesn't start until it's signed, it's done, it's complete, it's official. So as we've seen in the past with Yurios Kutsias took a couple weeks. Um, Arigoni is taking a couple weeks. Salquist is taking a couple weeks. It might take a minute before... He actually arrives in Chicago. It is based on a multiple, like a multitude of factors, including like availability of of personnel in the country, yet from the U.S. State Department to process the visa, the size of the visa, like the country of origin of someone. So, yeah, and look in Belgium, that's easy for the U.S. That's not a concern. It's easy. It's a lot easier than Greece. It, it is. It is still a country where there. I mean. Like visas have been taking longer since COVID. Like it's just is a reality of the world that we're in. And that would affect him as well. So there isn't really pressure to get it done. I mean, I, I don't think that it really is changing the fire season if he's available for the game against Philadelphia or if he is available for the game against Cincinnati or like however long that could take. It just sooner is better, but as long as it gets over the line. But look, at the end of the day, the Fire need a 15-goal season striker. This has been a problem since the Ezra Hendrickson years, and now they have one, potentially, in the coming days. And uh, that could be a potential game-changer for the Fire. This was a team that had 12 goals combined from their three strikers last season. Now they're bringing in a guy who scored 36 goals last season. That's triple the total of the Fire's three strikers this year. So... Big upgrade, big boost. Look, they had other targets before. Alejo Velis is one we talked about that I reported. He's going to Sevilla. It looks like we'll see what happens there. That didn't happen. Um, there were other guys they looked at who I can't name at this present moment. But it looks like Kuipers is the guy. It's going to be a Dutch-speaking Belgian number nine who scores lots and lots of goals. What what do we want to do like an over under on the number of goal contributions that he will get in MLS just just to like put that out there right now? Twenty four. In the MLS, I think over twenty. Twenty. Over twenty. Yeah. Combined goals and assists. Okay. Well, if we're doing the over if we're doing twenty as the line, well, I guess DJ, you're taking the over on that. Um Alan, what what do you feel? 
I I want to say under, but just under 20. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I mean, based on what we've seen from him in in Belgium, I think I'd have to take the over on on that as well. Um, which would be huge for the fly. I mean, it would be the first time that they've had a striker that just seems naturally able to get that because I think that Robert Barracks did kind of did that in a his goals came in like a odd kind of fashion in a in a weird COVID season um, since Nikolic left. So that would be, I mean, massive for the fire. And Alex, you mentioned that, you know, we don't have a lot of time in terms of bringing players out, you know, which leads to talks of players such as Suke, Jimenez, Torres, and Katsper Shibuwar look to leave. Yeah. So for Shabilko, for Shabilko, just to get it out of the way, I don't think there's really a market for him overseas. It would have to be someone in MLS willing to bite on that or you use the buyout. So I feel like with him, there's no rush, even though there are now three strikers ahead of him on the depth chart. So you wonder where he really fits into that, if at all. With Suke, there are two possibilities for him. Either he goes back to France, which Suke is almost certainly leaving, is what I've been told repeatedly. But the French deadline is tomorrow. Um, if that doesn't happen, another option is to send him to Lugano. That that window is open until February 15th. But again, you have to use the one-time buyout to send a player to Lugano. And then Jairo Torres, uh, he wants to return to Mexico. Uh, that's been reported from sources in Mexico and a few here in the U.S. as well. The Fire are trying to sell him. He wants to go home because it didn't work out in MLS. Unfortunately, his salary seems to be preventing that from becoming a reality. So the Mexican transfer window closes February 1st, closes tomorrow evening. So we'll see what happens with him. And then Gaston Jimenez, if he were to leave one, I think that's contingent on Kellen Acosta signing as a free agent, which we still don't know if that's going to happen yet because it's up to him. He's a free agent. He's ready to sign the contract whenever he is. Sporting Kansas City, Chicago Fire, whatever it may be, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. That's up to him right now. It's in his hands. And then if he does arrive, there's a good chance Gaston leaves. And that would most likely be to Argentina. Argentina's transfer window is open until February 18th. So there would still be a few weeks to figure that one out if he is indeed going to leave the club. All right. Good talk. All right, good talk. I'm pretty sure that's everything we have on the table. So unless anyone has any final words of wisdom to say about the uh, last few topics we said. I'm going to start learning Dutch on Duolingo. It's going to be very helpful. Just speak in English with a German accent. You'll be fine. Das ist gut time. <laughs> Very exciting times ahead. Uh, you know, like previously to today, I was like, okay, it's it might be another one of those seasons. But I'm, I'm filing a claim to the word back department. Seems like a fair claim to make. It's a fair claim right now, especially if we get all these uh, other deals in and out the door. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this quick fire update from the Men in Red 97 podcast. Tim, DJ, and Alex, as well as me, Alan the Poet Old. As always, come on, you men in red. red.